Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode of Friendshipping is sponsored by Backblaze. This is a long ad, so everyone just strap in. Strap the fuck in. Okay. Get unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs just for six months. Oh, God, we're already off to a terrible start. No, no, you're doing great. Get unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs for just $6 a month. Backup documents, music, photos, videos, drawing, podcasts, projects, all your data. Restore files anywhere you have internet. And even if you are off the grid, we can overnight a hard drive to you. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. Over 40 billion files restored. Get yourself a free, fully featured trial at backblaze.com cpc. Make sure you visit backblaze.com cpc so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. Go there. Play with it. Start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today. Wow, that was all in there. Yeah, that really, they really went for it with this ad. Yeah. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshiping! And the theme this week is... I, I want you to want me. I want to be wanted. No thanks. <laughs> Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, how Jen. you doing over there? Oh, Jen, I'm a sleepy beast. You got the sleepies. I got the sleepies. You got the sleepies. I got the. You fil- got the sleepies. Yeah, I do. I got. <laughs> I have pillow face. I got. Oh. I got lazy ass. <laughs> my feet are asleep, and I got. Nap brain. Nap brain. Been yeah. there. See, that's how I'm doing today. Jen, okay, like, I know that I talk about the way that you look every week, but your hair looks really good. Thank you. The secret is I haven't washed it. Like, it looks very smooth. Thank you. And that's what natural human hedges will do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have a, I do this thing where two... Wash my hair less, but to not appear like a grease ball, I just wash my bangs. Oh, yeah. And then blow dry them. Oh, and it, yeah. It's like, it's like a cheat. It's such it a, it's a total life hack. It's super good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really works. I learned that from um, actually traveling with you to when we used to go to conventions together all the time. I was like, I, I don't know how to fix this situation. And I was like, what if I just put my face under the sink? Yeah, yeah. What if I just wet these bangs? Just wash them in the sink. Yeah. I have washed my bangs with hand soap in the sink before. You gotta do what you gotta do. Just to get through the fucking day. (laughs) Speaking of hand soap, I don't know if I want to admit this on the internet. What? um, When I was at Gen Con, I was at, this is in Indianapolis, listeners, as you all know, and I was like rushing through CVS to get like uh, some lotion and some shampoo and some body wash because I failed to bring any of those things and I wanted an excuse to like buy myself some fancy soaps anyway. So I got something called... So it's like, oh, it's lavender scented. Not that, that matters to me, but sure, I'm sure, you know, my don't, my hands can smell like lavender. Why yeah. not? My body can smell like lavender. And it came with like a pump thing. Yeah. And I brought it home and uh, I was using it for a couple days. Just, I was like, this, this is going? not, th- I do not feel clean after using this. I was like, I feel drier. Like this isn't working. So I picked it up, looked at it. It was hand soap. Oh no. It was not body wash. Okay, so uh, hold on. I just realized I didn't take my pills, so I'm going to go dig my pill out. Take your pills. And then I have a companion story about hand soap. Okay. So my ex, um, he had like a really itchy, bad back acne for a while. Like you do when you're in your late teens, early 20s. Of course. He was still hot. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, And and I realized that uh, he did not actually know the difference between hand soap and anything else. Oh, no. And he was just like, I just got the cheapest soap. So he would use soft soap literally all over his body and like his hair and stuff. And I was like, actually, there. So 
this is it's true for a lot of different products that there's not a huge difference yes. between some products. Yeah. But when it comes to things that you directly put on your skin, it's a semi-permeable membrane. You know, you have to be very careful about what you directly apply to yourself, which is why whenever you are gardening, my friends, you should definitely use gloves because whenever whatever you touch, I mean, it essentially goes right into your body. You know, maybe a doctor will correct me on that. I don't know. But yeah, no, he used soft soap, like hand soap for his entire oh, body. His hair? His hair. His yeah. face? Yeah. His, his fair, his, his, his no-no zones. And his hair, his face, and his nasty, nasty place. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's not yikes. Good. That's oh, a, a 7 out of 10 on the yikes Aroni. 6 out of 10. It's Pretty not gross. a disaster, but it's not great. So this is leading into something exciting that I wasn't going to announce, but now I am. Oh, here I'm we excited. go. So you know how I definitely don't need to add another project to my docket at all? No. So I am doing that. And uh, I'm adding this project because I just feel like it needs to be made. You know my buddy, Billy? Yes. So my friend Billy and I, we've known each other since we were really young, like nine or something. But our friendship is probably only like 12 years old because we were like friends on and off. And such as, such as the laws of the physics of nerds that if you live in the same state and you have the same hobbies, you will end up in the same room again and again and again. And that is what happened. And we are friends again. And it's great. So did you ever hear of the football player that poops directly into his hands? <laughs> No. Okay. Oh, my God. So there is a video going around on the internet where this guy is being interviewed on the radio. And this lady is talking. I don't know how they got into the, onto the topic. You'll have to Google. I don't know how I you'll get to Googling. it. Oh, I, I will find it. But ju- just Google poops into his hands or something. And it's this video of Poop, this football player poops pants, football player poops on field. <laughs> Maybe he's not a football player. Try just poops into hands. He was a big guy. So it made me think he was like a professional got athlete, it. I think. Into hands. Also, it's probably latent racism because he's black and famous, and that's how white people think. <laughs> May 2019 sound about right. That sounds about okay. right. Woman discusses it after dude explains the awful way. <laughs> so, wait, so the just the, the gist of this video is that this man poops into his hands and then releases the poop into the toilet because the poop <laughs> splashing to him is gross. And this isn't gross. So, and uh, he, yeah, this is not gross to him. And he just, it just never occurred to him that other people don't do this. Until this interview when he's in like in his fucking like late 20s, early 30s or whatever. And this woman is like, no, nobody does that. And it reminded me of the conversations that we see online about like whether or not you wash your legs. Yeah. Yeah, Like that whole thing. So Billy and I, we've already bought the website, we got the Twitter, and we're doing a a podcast called Is This What People Do? And we're going to take questions from people like being like, hey, I've never washed my shower curtain. Is that what people do? Things like that. And we're going to tell you whether or not people do that. That's awesome. We're going to go around and like ask um, like our elderly relatives too. maybe their generational things. Like, who knows? We're going to go on the street and like ask people like, do you wash your shower curtain? How often do you use your shower, wash your shower curtain? Shit like that. Because I know that everybody does some weird fucking gross thing because they don't know that other people don't do that. Absolutely. I don't know what mine is, but I'm going to find out. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to figure it out. I'm still thinking about this man releasing his poop into the toilet bowl like an elegant dove. Yeah, and then, like, I mean, can you imagine, like, yeah, I really hope he washes his hands well. That's the other thing is, like, men in don't general— Don't fucking wash their hands. Never, never wash their hands. No. That is— that is mind blowing to me. That's like that's how you don't get sick. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's you. You have to wash your hands. You know who I blame? I blame George Carlin. George Carlin convinced all cis men that you don't have to wash your hands after your pee because your penis is clean. 
And he's like, he's like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's not like I'm pissing on my hands. The point is that you were in a bathroom. Yeah, you were near a toilet, you freaking ding-dong. You absolute idiot. Do you not know how, how viruses and bacteria work? Like, you wash your hands at every opportunity because everything's disgusting. Everything on the planet is coated in a fine patina of disgusting. Yeah, especially the bathroom. Especially the bathroom. Layers of poo-poo everywhere. Like, I just... Men, men. You know, I have a topic for your new podcast. Yeah, tell me. I would be curious when, when and how and even if people put on lotion. Because there is this cliche in like TV and film and someone, I forget who, but someone made an Instagram called Night Lotion. And it's the cliche when every woman is like in her pajamas and she props her leg up on the bathroom counter or on her couch and like elegantly puts on lotion on her legs. I've never done that. Yeah, I mean, I I do put on lotion and and. A moisturizer and stuff, but I've never made it look sexy, and I mm. don't do it right before bed and let, while I'm wearing a silk robe. But if you look on this Instagram, <laughs> you will see that pretty much every single woman in t- television has done this at some point. Night lotion, night. So I do do night lotion. Yeah, and I believe this is the proper way to do lotion: is after you get out of the shower, or even when you're still in the shower and you just barely toweled off, put your lotion on. Yeah, agreed. Because it like it like locks in stuff. There are so many like grooming things that like hot tips that women know because we are supposed to do it. Yeah. And and men don't. But you know what? I feel like men would also like to be silky smooth and oh, soft. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. I finally I got my uh, my partner wearing um, sunscreen moisturizer. Oh, my the day. God, Trin. I do that, too. With my I made my husband start doing it or he knew how to do it because he works kind of near the skincare industry. I don't remember how I found out. But like now, every single time we ask, we leave the house like you got your skin, you got your moisturizer on. Yeah. Like, OK, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jen and I are both white. And I don't know if you know this either. But white people age. They say it like milk, but it's worse than that. It's like buttermilk. It's faster, too. It's very fast. Man, okay, so we're going to talk to this is men real quick. Uh, you got to wear a moisturizer with yes. sunscreen. Yes. Um, even if your skin is very nice, even if you think you don't. And I am not a skincare like master at all. I'm still very much a student learning learning thy skincare. But just get like SPF 15, comes in a little bottle, it says daily moisturizer. It will reduce redness. Yes. It will protect you from the sun, which you desperately need. Yes. It will smooth you out. Got to get, you got to wear a moisturizer. I, when, when should they put it on, Trin? I would say right after they wash their face in the morning, which they probably don't do, but they should. Yeah. You know, wash your hands on your face. (laughs) Um, This reminds me of um, Stephen, because I, you know, I am a a student of skincare, like very intensely because I just have a million problems. Like, so you know how like rainforests are like, like everything grows and like everything's alive. That's my entire body. (laughs) Like fungus. You know, it's, it's hair. A, it's a live, lively landscape. It's a lot. <laughs> and like, and my hair grows super fast and my nails grow super fast. It's really like just taming a swamp every I'm, fucking I'm picturing morning. like, you know, like the, in uh, planet Earth, when Plow. the cam- when the camera pans over and things are growing, that's Trin's <laughs> that's body. That's me. That's my entire body. Um, so so Stephen was like, um, "What should I I do?" And I, and I say this to everybody, and it's the truth. It's and I it's what my dermatologists because I've had several have told me, which is if you don't wear sunscreen every day, you might as well not even try. Oh, that's like, amazing. Like you, yeah. might, like if you're not wearing sunscreen, and so and so now he's been using sunscreen, and it, well, honestly, he looked amazing before, but he looks amazing now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel helped, everyone? <laughs> Do you feel like you learned something? Good. Um, I have a quick snail update. Oh yes. And oh then, my god, you can't you can't skip an episode with. with and then snail. I would love to go into it. So here's the thing. So we are recording this episode a little bit late. 
And last week, I had a quick update with my snails after the episode already launched. So that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. This is this is juicy, crazy, wild. Oh, boy. So y- y- perhaps you don't follow me on Twitter. You should at Tridentonic. <laughs> it's like a gin tonic, but with me inside of it. Um, and uh, so two days after I announced on the podcast that my snails had finally laid eggs, a million baby snails are crawling around like terrarium. And we thought the due date was October 8th. But it wasn't. It was two days later because those eggs that I saw were simply the most recently laid eggs. Oh. Yes. They've been getting it on in secret. Uh, Jen, I would say there are easily over 200 eggs and hatched babies in the terrarium. Oh, no, my God. There are so many of them. <laughs> yeah. So you, ha- you went from like six or eight snails to 200? Yes. So here's the plan now. We got plans. All yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Got to triage this. I've already sprung into action. Don't worry. So I got a- another terrarium because so what happens to snail populations is when they explode, the uh, they'll just start eating their young. And, and <laughs> it's the, fine. It's fine. The problem here. Here's the thing, Jen. I don't know why they're eating their young because like they don't need to at all. Yeah, they got spinach from they you. Have spinach and they have calcium. Like there's no reason for them to be eating these babies except for that they just want to eat baby. Population control. It's it's bad. Anyway, so I took the six grown ups and I put them into a new terrarium, a larger terrarium. They hate it. No, <laughs> really. <laughs> it's like the Barbie dream house of snail terrariums too. Like snails. I don't know if you guys know this. They literally don't have brains. They are gastropods. They have been alive. Like snails have existed for millions and millions of years. They basically re- reproduce like plants. Like they are so like they're not even whatever. Uh, and yet, they still have preferences on this terrarium? They That's absolutely incredible. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Divas. So when I first put them in their old terrarium, they would sleep on the top of the, the thing, like trying to escape. But then they got used to it, and they each kind of seemed to have their own like area. I put them in this gorgeous terrarium with like plants planted in there. And like there's, I got them a, a turtle bone for them to... Oh, a turtle bone? Yeah, so it's it's called a turtle bone. It's not a bone of a turtle, I don't yeah. think, but it's a it's a bone that turtles chew on to get calcium, you know? Yeah. So like they're they're being fucking treated, you know, and they're just like, get me out of here. <laughs> so they're all like sleeping at the top of the terrarium. Anyway, um, they're getting used to it. Uh, and then the other terrarium is just filled to the brim with fucking snail eggs. <laughs> it's oh just oh my god, it's coated everywhere. So my goal now is I'm going to. Uh, like allow maybe like six to 12 of the egg of the 200. I'm going to see if I can grow a few of them large enough to remove them from that terrarium. And move and, them and, over and to the grown-up one? No, because I'm still afraid they're going to get eaten. Yeah. But then I'm going to take the 200 or so odd eggs left and I'm going to either freeze or bake them because, well, you know, like, guys, you know, I believe in my snail's right to live a full life and they can't raise 200 goddamn kids, okay? Yeah, let's be realistic about this. Right. And they're also not all hatched. Um, and right, the right, one, right, right. Also, the snails have a taste for just hatched babies. So, Lovely. Oh. I know. It's great. It's great. Mmm. They got a taste for it. Oh, man. The, the other uh, Last night I was watching one of them. I was like, oh, God, he's going to eat these babies. And I was so curious to see how it happened because I had had some night wine. I was just watching. And he just slurmed over two of the babies and just kept crawling. And then the two babies were, like, covered in snail. And they were like, what's going on? Like, that was weird. And they're little bongus. He smashed them? He just, he just rolled over them. <laughs> 
as though nothing. Also, some of the babies have discovered that the snail adults won't eat them if they ride on top of their snail oh shells. Oh my god, that's genius! They're like, where are they? Where are they? And they're 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 on your back like a backpack. Exactly. It's like when the when uh, Han Solo parked the Millennium Falcon onto that giant uh, star destroyer, and the star destroyer is where'd they go? Because <laughs> Luke says they're it's fucking like when, stupid. It's like when Yoda is on Luke's back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> two, two Star Wars references. We did it. High five. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody wants any snails, let me know. I'm not keeping all of them. Um, Who could? How I could know. you? Um, but, like, the good news is, like, again, like I, I don't feel mean about baking the eggs because this is pretty standard. If you're going to have snails, they You're ha- just being responsible. You're making hard decisions. It's like farmers make difficult decisions. This is very true. Jen, speaking of difficult decisions. Oh, here we go. Sometimes it's hard to choose whether or not you're going to go to a party. Mm-hmm. And when you go there, it's hard to decide whether or not you should have gone in the first place. First question. I think you should do it this week. Oh, thanks. I will. You know what? I will just to give you a break because you did that, that really was, long Yeah. Ad. Unique New York. I need to practice my, my speech. Also, like. Unique New York. Unique New York. Do go buy a Backblaze or it whatever It actually the sounds pretty fantastic. It I sounds pretty say. fantastic. And also, like, they give us some money. That's pretty cool. You don't give us any money. So, Backblaze. You can. I mean, you could. If you want to, just you let don't us have know. To. Yeah. Hey, friendshippers. I have become more aware recently, after extricating myself from a series of codependent relationships, that I really struggle with understanding my role in friendships and friendly relationships. I don't think I've walked away from a friendly interaction feeling truly good about it for the last year or more. Generally speaking, as soon as I leave a situation, whether a party, an intimate hangout, or somewhere in between, I am immediately hit with the sense that I, one, am too much— too loud, too annoying, too needy, two, have overstayed my welcome, needy again, bad at social cues, or three, was not myself, like I needed to play a role to deserve being there. Some background. I've got that dope borderline personality disorder, brought on more or less by a history of neat physical and emotional abuse and rad familial abandonment. Killer. I go to therapy and have gone as consistently as possible since I turned 18. I'm nearly 24 now. I think it's obvious that the problems above tie in with strong feelings of abandonment and a compulsion for self-reliance, and that I don't depend on anyone because I can't depend on anyone. It's hard to make connections. Can you help me identify signs that I am or am not wanted? I think I must be the least reliable narrator. Yeah, man. The sentence... I don't depend on anyone because I can't depend on anyone is fucking me up a little bit. I'm going to take a moment to think about that. Well, so here's the thing, though. Like, I, so I feel a lot of feels about that line yeah, in particular. Yeah. Because I d- will say, like, no human being is 100% reliable. And every human being will let you down at some point. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. And then some drastically so. Yeah. And letting you down can be something as simple as uh, you asked your partner to bring an extra fruit roll up for you before you go to the museum. And they're like, shit, I packed you an apple. And you're like, I'm allergic to apples. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, Yeah, big and small ways. People will, will fuck up. They're in, and I think, and I, this is going to be a problem uh, for you and your therapist to dive into, it, which is the finding the balance between trusting people and being forgiving enough and realistic enough to know that they they will eventually let you down. Yeah. And and that doesn't mean that they're bad or they're evil or they don't love you or they're not trying. It's just that's life. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is a great question. 
I got to say, I really, really love it. I also love that you acknowledge that you are an unreliable narrator. It's so good. That's so smart. You understand that the thoughts in your head may not be true. Like, this means you do not automatically believe all the negative thoughts you have about yourself. I've been reading and writing a lot lately about metathinking, Trin, which is something uh, that we've talked about on the show before, which metathinking is taking a step back, zooming out and looking at your thoughts and and asking, are these actually true? Like, why do I feel this way? Where are these thoughts coming from? I think you can really get into your own head when you metathink, sometimes in a bad way. But the thing that I always find very helpful about it is the phrase, is this true? Is this untrue? And it's so cliche to talk about how much your early 20s suck. But they seriously do. And yeah. if I had used meta thinking more when I was when I was 23, which is the asker's age, I think that would have really helped me. Yeah, I feel like when I was 23, I was so um, overwhelmed with bullshit that was happening that it was impossible for me to zoom out enough to think about. Oh, yeah. I was so like deep in anxiety. Part of it, I think, is also like, you know, there's there are so many problems that you're coming into contact with for the, for the very first time. I think that when you're 23, I mean, like we're not obviously Jen is like 19, yeah. but, you know, and I and I'm, you know, far older than 23. But so I think that we forget that when we're in our t- early 20s, you know, we're an adult for the first time and you are very literally the adult in the room now. And you haven't been, you know, like throughout your life, you've had teachers, you've had parents um, telling you what to do and guiding you through. And when you're 23, I mean, and maybe you went to college, maybe you didn't, um, like maybe you had a part-time job where you had a boss to tell you what to do. Um, For the first time, you are truly on your own. Sounds very sad. And that's not what it is. It's you are you are the captain now. Oh, man, Trent, that just blew, blew my mind. Because until you're in your young 20s, if you had a traditional upbringing, you are always orienting yourself to the situation, to the classroom, to the job, to the family. But this is like the first time you come home from work or class or whatever and you go, now what? Yeah. Like now the world orients to me, it feels like. Yeah, totally. And that's very scary. And man, I'm glad you're in therapy. I think that you are asking questions that are necessary, I think, for everybody to think about. But I think that it is more emotionally uh, traumatic for you because of your disorder and because of of the things you've been going through. But here's the truth. There's no bell that's going to ding when you have a good social interaction. There's no rubric to check off all of the check marks. The goal really is to just be okay with the way that you are, have your social interaction and move on, which is almost fucking impossible. Yeah. You know, like every time Jen and I go to conferences or, you know, it's funny. I just saw this tweet from my friend Sarah. I saw Sarah. this too. It's so relevant. My buddy Sarah at Yellow Cardigan, uh, she tweeted, shout out to everyone spending this week's therapy session dissecting their reactions to the individual interactions they had at SPX, SPX being Small Press Expo. So she just got home from Small Press Expo. Expo. This is a a full-blown, emotionally capable adult that we both know. And she is still like, you know, involved in dissecting everything that happened that weekend. Yeah. And she's looking, she's doing what what I do and what Trin does, which is looking like, was that okay? Did I mess up? Did I say the wrong thing? Yes. This is called a social regrets hangover, and we all get them. You seem to be getting them after every single freaking thing that you do, which sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're ever going to fully go away. You know, like you will go on a weird cruise with your extended family and feel strange and then come home and be like, that was strange. And, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And I I think uh, a little social regret hangover sometimes is healthy. Yes. Because you should look back on your interactions and be like, I think I was unkind, or I think I excluded that person, or I think I'm biased against this person. You should examine your own behavior 
But right now, you're doing it all the way up to 11. Right, right. There's a healthy amount of self-examination that can happen. And, and that healthy amount should feel somewhat comfortable. You don't feel comfortable. You are over, overwhelmed with trying to decide whether or not you are wanted. So let's talk about some signs that you could pick out to, to give you a little bit of a heads up as to how that situation went for you because you are the unreliable narrator. First of all, how to tell you were wanted. Were you invited to a place? Were you asked to be there? If that's, so. that's direct evidence. Meta thinking is all about looking for uh, the evidence that something exists as opposed to the stuff that you make up in your brain. You were invited. That's evidence. Uh, were people ever talking to you on purpose? Anyone say hello? Was anyone enthusiastic about your presence? Maybe somebody was like, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm going to give you a hug. Or like, oh, hey, I'm so glad you showed up. Look for the evidence that good things are happening. Because they probably are, and you're probably not seeing them because you're so marred in your own deep, uh, deep anxiety. Yeah. And you may look back on, on social interactions and see things that you wish that you hadn't done. So maybe you do have shit to work on, such as one thing that is very common for people who don't know exactly what to do in a situation is they'll neg the party. Mm. Or they will uh, do a little bit of like smack talk or whatever because um, that's a good way to engage people around you and like make friends or whatever. Yeah, but you, it, you take your discomfort and you expel it by kind of complaining about something. Right. But that's not the best way to do things. If you notice yourself doing that, then think, okay, like maybe the solution for that is to have a short list of things that I want to talk about with people. Maybe I need to take stock of who's going to be there. How do I know these people? What's just a couple of things that I could potentially bring up? What's something new in my life that I want to share? What kind of questions can I ask people to make them feel welcome and engaged with me enough to tell me about their lives? What nice things can I say about the people there? What can I point out that I like in their appearance that's appropriate? Like you can, you can mentally prepare for this kind of thing. And then kind of like the third step after, you know, figuring out whether or not you were wanted Figuring out maybe like small foibles that you did or whatever. The third thing is remember that everybody's a person and think about how many things you have forgiven other people in social interactions. Did somebody have really terrible breath? Did somebody uh, swear too much or they were fumbling over their words? Or they had too much to drink. Right. Or they thought you were, they were like, oh, you're from Des Moines, Iowa, right? And you're like, no, I talk about the fact that I'm from Tennessee constantly. You know, like you would forgive those things. And honestly, the more forgiving that you are of other people, the more that you can internalize that other people are forgiving of you. Nobody is expecting you to walk in and be, and be the prom king of the party. Yeah, no one thinks you're Beyonce. Right. Yeah. I think that maybe you have far too high of expectations for yourself. Maybe, the, maybe going into a social interaction and thinking, my expectation is that this is just going to go okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're both going to survive this. Yeah. You know what? We're going to have amicable, pleasant conversation for a minute, and that's fine. Yeah. It's not going to—I'm not going to say something particularly interesting, but you don't have to. Why do you have to be interesting anyway? Totally. Man, you know, I, I think that I'm a fairly sociable person. I'm fairly capable of doing this because I think about it fucking constantly, you know, and I'm so worried about it all the time. But no matter what I do, at least half of my social interactions— there's no way to end it. <laughs> My most common weird social thing is people being like, well, I guess that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go into the other oh, side of the room man. now. You know? I have a hard time with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's just fucking life. There's no good answer for that. Yeah, and I've never walked away from a conversation either that was awkward like that and been like, whoa, that was a disaster. Right. Or, like, it's like, oh, I feel weird. Whatever. I'm going to 
move on. It'll be out of my mind in 30 seconds. Totally. I was talking to Susie about a project, and then I was just, I was literally just slowly backing away. I'm like, gotta record now. I always, oh man, I'm always, I'm always walking away during a conversation. Right. Yeah. And because I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to disengage. Yeah. You said something earlier about like, you said, leave earlier. It's fine. Just go home. Uh, That's written in our notes. And the thing that I did and still do, but definitely in my young 20s, was leave before I can make it weird. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I used to like wait for the moment where it turned and I would fuck it up. And I was like always like like primed and ready and intense for it to be like, okay, this was a great interaction. It's going to go south soon. And then I would try and like leave before it got weird, before I made that happen. That's not very fair to me or myself, but it's still something that like many years after being in my early 20s, I still have the instinct like this was a great conversation. I better get out of here before it becomes a bad one. Yeah. You know, Jen, you saying that reminds me of my cats. So, uh, you know Jackson Galaxy, the cat daddy? The cat daddy? Yeah. So there's this guy, Jackson Galaxy, and he's really good at, uh, he's like the cat whisperer. You know, he'll get your cats to go on. So I have two cats that mostly get, I promise this is actually going to be relevant. Please listen to me talk about my cats. So I have my two cats and also Dargo says, hello, Asker. They Asker actually shouted out to my orange disaster and we cut it for time, but now I'm going to talk about it even longer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Dargo and Roast Beast um, get along most of the time. Sometimes they, they kerfuffle, uh, but for a while they really didn't get along. And what we had to do was take Jackson Galaxy's advice of reintroduce the cats so we put them in separate rooms and we slowly re-reintroduced them. We gave them little treats whenever they were around each other. You need to reintroduce the cats, okay? So if you're going into situations and it's like blowing up every time, start by putting a toe in, saying like, oh, hey, I'm going to go to this party for an hour and I'm going to make that hour amazing and then I'm going to get the fuck out. I'm going to tell them I've got other plans. It's a lie. I don't care. But I need one really good Social interaction, one really good hour to prove to myself that I can do this. Yes, and then celebrate that victory. Absolutely. And then next time, you're going to stay for a few hours. And then if you're like, oh, that didn't feel good. Okay, then scale back a little bit. Reintroduce the cats and train yourself to accept success. Yeah, start looking for the good parts of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing down the phrase reintroduce the cats because I think that's going to make a great title. (laughs) Thanks. Oh, God, we're so writing a book right now. I know. Right? I like, super am. It's all I think about lately in a good way. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Like I finally uh, got home from my last travel of the season. I'm really excited to like really dive into our book. And you like You have been. It's great. It's really fun. You guys, like, can we talk about our book for yeah, a Yeah, I would while? love to actually, because it's uh it's on my mind and I'm I'm doing that thing where I get a little like I can't put it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's been really fun because so the way that we've been writing this book is we have like hundreds of pages of notes from just recording this podcast. And we've been, you know, like, you know, diving off of those things. And the way that we write it is I have a document called Trin Trash where I dump all of my brain vomit in. And then Jen writes Jen's bit. And then she mashes all of the vomits together in such a way that that produces a like an actual coherent book. Hopefully. Uh, but yeah, it works super well. Like Trin, I, you've talked about your ADD on the show before, so I feel like it's okay to mention. Yeah, please. So you, I feel like I was thinking about this other day when I was reading over some of your writing and I was like, this woman has an idea minute. It's just amazing. It's Thank like, you. like, I don't know anyone that can fill a document with good ideas like this person can. It was amazing. So like, I feel like that might be, you know, how people say like ADD is like, you know, there's a stigma attached to it, but I think it's like a real strength for creative work. 
Thank you. Yeah, I was like, man, this is so great. So, like, I've been trying to, and I, and I want the, and I'm sorry that I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm going to tie this back into the question, but this is the thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like every mental weirdness can also be turned into a superpower. I know. You I know. totally agree. It's so cheesy and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> because, and the superpower just is um, when you live and work and are, like, and successfully functioning as somebody with, like, you know, a disorder or, or mental illness or whatever it is that you have. Man, it just it just feels really powerful. Yeah. When you yeah. finally get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I looked at your writing. I was like, there's just no way I would be able to, I personally would be able to come up with, like, t- these 12 really deep thoughts. I think I'm getting pretty good at taking those ideas and executing them and making a book. And we're over, we're like almost to our word count. We're like almost to our word yeah. count. And our book's not even due until November, I guys. know. Like we're really, we're really crushing good it. at this. We're going to, I'm, we have so much work to, to do after we turn the <laughs> yeah, manuscript. We do. It's, I am like mentally preparing myself to get all of our writing destroyed. Yes, me too. Uh, so I'm like picturing all the red lines and all the all the notes and I'm, I'm like ready for that. But I am also celebrating the fact that like we're going to turn this thing in on time. Yeah. What if we turned it in like a day early? Oh my God. What if, and they'd be like, whoa, oh my God, this has never happened. Uh, <laughs> I already told my partner that I was like, I can't do anything for Halloween this year because that's like three days before. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, I actually thought about because um, I, I haven't taken a ton of vacation just because it's just not worked out. But I was thinking about just taking the last week of op- October off. Oh, do just it. In case, do you it. Know. Why not? Well, that was lovely. That was like, really that's lovely. That's a nice little interlude. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, no, our book is going to be great. We love it. It doesn't have a title yet. I know. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, someone's got to name this thing. I think about that all the time that yeah. I cannot think of it. Everybody email us with your questions, but also email us suggestions of a title of a book. Yeah. And make it like really long. And good. <laughs> like make it really, don't give a shit. Give us your A game. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be called the friendshipping book. No. But I think it'll be called something like a guide to blah, 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 blah. Friendshipping. Doing friendship at your problems. That's pretty good. Shit. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Somebody else think of something better, though, because yeah. that wasn't quite it. <laughs> anyway, so are we good to go back to the asker? Yeah. So, like, I'm, let's go through the question one more time because we like to do that. Um, so we covered you are a newly hatched adult, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know? newly hatched. You're doing great in that you are getting therapy. We appreciate that a lot. That is a good move. Um, I think that your expectations for yourself are too high. Consider what your expectations are for other people when you talk to them. Do you expect them to never stumble over their words? Do you expect them to like never say anything that's a little weird? I don't think that you do. I don't think so either. Everything in this question points to yourself. Yeah, everything in this question is, this is a, we, I know we love complimenting our askers, but this seems to be a, a pretty self-aware person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too self-aware, perhaps. Yeah, man. Like, ugh, you are on your own ass. You are, no, you are so hard on yourself. You are up your own ass. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah, it's really not. Man, if you were this hard on anyone else around you, we'd be like, oh, right. so mean. Right. Can you imagine if one of your friends came up to you There's like, and they were like, man, I am never wanted. And then you'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? What? Yeah. I watched Booksmart finally for the first time the other night. I need to watch Trin, it. I really think you would love it. I think your I think your partner would too. It's just a delight, and I won't spoil anything because it really is worth watching. But there's one part where the two best friends are like having a serious moment, and one of the best friends says something negative about herself, and she doesn't. She's not in the habit of doing that, so it kind of comes as a surprise. And the other friend looks at her and slaps. <laughs> <laughs> 
Goes, if you ever say that th- mean thing about yourself again, I will murder you or something. It's like really intense and really funny. Oh, God. See, man, I. What is that? Phone alarm? call. Oh, <laughs> pill alarm? That was actually my alarm to move my plant lights. Uh oh. Very different. Uh-oh. Jen, speaking of alarms um, yes. and my ADD. Uh, <laughs> so I was talking uh, who the fuck was I talking to I was talking to the German guy that I work with uh, at Kickstarter we have a German <laughs> so this is, he's very nice this is guy uh, Michael who works on the games team and you know j- tabletop games are just a huge thing in Germany and Europe and so he does all this stuff and he was talking about how it was recently his birthday and uh, speaking of being awkward in conversations I said I love birthdays because they remind us that we're gonna die one day <laughs> And he was like, great, thanks. But he's German, so he was just like, ausgezeichnet. I'm like, I know, right? Uh, anyway. Oh, man. And I thought to myself, like, how, uh, like, um, so I discovered recently that time blindness is a thing for people with ADHD. And uh, and time blindness is a big fucking deal with me. Like, right now in front of my body, I have three things that remind me that time is passing, which is my watch, my bullet journal, and my phone. Um, as I mentioned on the show before, I will set a timer for a half hour all day long to remind myself the time is passing. And now, God, this is so embarrassing, but also, like, I'm really proud of myself. I bought two kitchen timers. Nice. So that I could have more than one timer going at the same time. So one is a laundry timer. One is my mortality timer. And then... And then I have a timer on my phone that's my get up and move timer. Oh, that's very important. Because you need to, like, let's shake it a little bit. let's do it right now, actually. You get um, all those shoulders. You guys, so, you know, pulmonary embolism, no joke, okay? Like, it could happen at any time. So you, what you want to do is you want to get your blood moving every little while, and you want to stay hydrated. Okay, we're good. That's good. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> all right, stop it, everyone. Okay, so, uh, and then on my phone, I have alarms set all day to do things such as feed the cats and move my plant lights because I don't want, so... This, Ian, this is now getting out of control and it's just me talking oh, no, to Jen. I think it's interesting. I don't know what my deal is today. You know what? I'm being very the asker right now. Like, Oh, really? Like Very hard on yourself? Like, have you noticed like five times today? I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this too much. This thing that I'm talking about is stupid. But you know what? I don't need to judge that. You know who does? Ian, our editor. Yeah. Ian will cut it out and we can trust in him. Yeah. I love that you noticed that about yourself too. Like, I'm being kind of hard on myself today. I was. Yeah. Anyway, I don't remember. It was death, uh, friendship. That's all we talk about on this show. Yeah, basically. Is there anything else we want to cover? I feel like this is... The one thing I don't know if we touched upon yet is the phrase that they used, which was understanding my role in social situations. Wow, yeah. That's kind of blowing my mind. Okay, so there's this book called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. And it's not going to be relevant for everyone, but I think that it might be relevant for this asker because you did me- you did mention parental abandonment. And emotionally mature people do not leave their kids in a lurch. Emotionally mature people, uh, when they're adults, I mean, like, fuck, I, you know, I don't have kids, but if I saw some kid that was, like, needed some help, I would step in because that's what an adult does. Yes. And if your parents gave you abandonment issues, that's their, their fucking problem. And hopefully your therapist is helping you with that. Anyway, there's this book uh, that I found on Tumblr, the full text of, and I read it, and it's pretty good. And they talk about that a little bit. And this is not a direct quote. This is probably a really bad paraphrasing. But the book hypothesizes that when children feel abandoned or not acknowledged by their parents, they are constantly searching for a concrete role. And that really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like the youngest kid will turn into like the diplomat 
and their role is to manage the feelings of everybody around them. And sometimes the role is to be the adult, is to make dinner because nobody's doing it, that sort of thing. Again, this may not be relevant to you at all. This is just a suggestion based off of what we have in the question. It may be that you are trying to, you are needlessly trying to find a role in situations because you feel like the only purpose that you have is to produce active help. But that's not true. Your purpose is to be a person. You are loved and worth loving regardless of whether or not you are producing or having a role. Yeah, yeah, true. You know? it's, it's, it doesn't matter how useful you are in a situation. Yes. You don't have to be utilized. You are valuable by the virtue of being alive, Yes, being present. I deeply understand your need to look for your place constantly. Yes. Like, what can I do here? How can I help? How do I orient myself to every other dynamic in this room? But you, uh, it's definitely something to talk about your therapist. I would like you to turn that down a little. Because like you, by virtue of you being alive and breathing, you are useful to the planet. I 100% agree. Man, it, it's, I, I would like you to take a little like, self-check, a little temperature check for whenever you're in a situation. Are you feeling useless like you need to be hosting? Do you start cleaning because you feel like you need to have a use? These are signs that you are overcompensating because you do not feel that you as a person are worth knowing and being around just as you are. Yeah, I overcompensate when I feel awkward by being maybe too loud or try to be the one that makes the jokes or the person that um, smooths over the awkward conversation. Like I, I, I have impulses like this too. And it's worth, it's worth looking at. So for me, I have the opposite problem in that when I find a role for myself, it helps me release anxiety. So I actually do like to find the most awkward person in the room or I like to be the diplomat and help smooth over conversations and things like that because it actually helps me feel at ease. However, if you are searching for a role and not feeling at ease as yourself, that is the opposite and that sucks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Only only continue this if it does make you feel more comfortable, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Man, and that not that the whole thing with uh, mental illness and disorders and things like that is that it's once it starts affecting you and makes you feel uncomfortable is when it's a problem. And if you can live and feel comfortable, that's the goal. That's where we want you to end up. And honestly, like, if you're already, man, you're 23 and already thinking about, like, your own internal monologue and you're already thinking about, like, your use in a group and meta thinking, like, you're 10 years ahead of us. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we would get along. If we knew each other, me and this asker, I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about. The asker would be like, this girl's a mess. Yeah, I don't think they would want to hang out with us. (laughs) We would want to hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't because when I was 23, I was just alone in uh, like my one room apartment being like, uh, my friends are the cockroaches and the the dust. You know, I, this is kind of going back to what we were talking about with uh, ADHD and ADD and, uh. I was thinking throughout this question, like, what is my superpower with my anxiety? Other than it, like, ruins my days <laughs> regularly. <laughs> but, um, you know, my anxiety translates sometimes into me being really perceptive of when other people are in a group and are not happy. I can, like, maybe reach out and talk to that person. What else does my anxiety do for me? Uh, it makes me really productive and clean. Oh, Trin's raising her hand. Yes, Trin. I, I know. what. It, so you are, you've never missed a detail in your life. Oh, you are thank you. extremely detail orientated. And I'm not like I'm like the opposite. You know, it's like you're very, very structured and like and it's great. And like and you're not even it's not just that you're structured. It's that your structure makes sense, is logical and is smart, you know, whereas like I think that it could go another way. Yeah, whereas, like, that's true. Sometimes it probably does. 
you know. I've never seen it happen. Oh, true. But like for real, I uh, when people say detail orientated, um, I don't think they really know what that means unless they have a gen. Like you've never you've never fucked a tiny detail in your life. Thank you. My it's life, not true. my life is just drop like like Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> Strewing the details behind me as I go. You, details and snails. You yeah. got a lot of those. <laughs> Snail eggs. <laughs> oh God, is that it? Is I that... think so. I think we. I think we did our best. Yeah, that's all we could do. Same with you, Oscar. All you can do is your best. Man, but you don't want to be perfect. Okay, you just have to be good. You did it. You tied it in a little bow. Oh, I did it. I wrapped it to a little present. You did, and you you double knotted the ears. I'm not good at wrapping presents. IRL. <laughs> I gotta tell you. Not my strength. <laughs> this has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you'd like to suggest a title for our book and or, <laughs> and or ask us a question, uh, you can at uh, friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you so much. Thank you to Tom Dyke because Tom has uh, let me borrow his uh, adapter for like two weeks Thanks, in a row. Tom. Yeah, seriously. Because we need a very specific adapter. And like, thank you, Tom. So Tom, our silent co-producer. Uh, thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio work. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for doing our design work. Thank you to Monica Verma for being our agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. And thank y'all for listening. You're welcome for talking. I don't know why. Nice accent. It's fine. It just <laughs> happened. New friendship at the problem. My neck, my back. My crack. <laughs> my Netflix and my snacks. <laughs> yeah. yeah.